I do like the fact that you referenced that it was a chupacabra. First, that makes me happy. Chupacabras are still a thing now. I, I, as someone who falls in that wants to believe category when it comes to supernatural bullshit, like I, the chupacabra. It's one of those. Things I don't believe in ghosts necessarily, but like it's the the idea of if enough people believe in some bullshit that makes it real, possibly kind of situation. Enough people mm. believing in the chupacabra. It's like fuck it. Who's who's the chupacabra existing actually hurting? <laughs> No one? Cool. Except for some goats. That's just funny. Gosh, there's a... I remember that whole, like... That whole craze when I was young, because, man, it took over the fucking Spanish news channels real fucking hard. It was great. Oh, shit, there, there, was, like, there was actually a chupacabra ch- craze in SoCal? I just, like, no, I'm close to, like, the Mexico at this point that I ever have been growing up, so it's like, maybe it's a chupacabra. Yeah, no, this was absolutely, like, back in the in the 90s, there was an absolute craze. I remember, like, I was sitting with my parents watching that shit on Spanish news where they talked about what it was and what it theoretically was, and they went off on a whole thing. Oh, it was crazy. It so, was... And maybe this is the difference. Like, uh, I- I'd argue the SoCal cryptids are fun. The Northeast cryptids I grew up with are nightmare fuel. That, like, you don't mm. want to believe are real, but seem, unfortunately, way more plausible than the SoCal ones. Mm-hmm. Like, any place you live that you can have Wendigos, you immediately go, oh, man. Because Wendigos maybe aren't, like, plausible plausible, but the idea of how you get there makes way too much goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. Do you even know what a Wendigo is? No, but it sounds like it's one of those, like, Arctic... Frostish? No, so I, it's like in broad strokes, it's evil Bigfoot. Like if Bigfoot's just some dumb monkey wandering around the woods, being like, "Uh, yep, I'm here." Like it's a forest spirit. Wendigos are like, okay, in the lore of Wendigos, they are traditionally Native Americans or trappers that, in kind of an ultimately selfish act of desperation, eat humans and, mm-hmm. uh that cannibalism causes them to morph into something terrible and they become wendigos which essentially are like banged like take a human make it more powerful like slowly over time grossly extend its arm like emaciate it and make it always hungry and make it just predatory as fuck (laughs) and it's one of those ones where it's like mentally do I believe wendigos exist no. But do I believe crazy people in the woods that have reported to cannibalism do? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That seems far more likely. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result, it's like Wendigos? Yeah, well, we'll fucking go with Wendigos. Why? Because the idea of just some dude who chose to go out and live in the woods now eating people out of desperation and like has acquired a taste for it is far more depressing to me than cryptid. Yeah. Wendigo! Yeah, no, I... <clears throat> Last of Us videos that we did a while back, like, they involve Wendigos, and, like, before we even got to them being called Wendigos, I'm looking at them being like, oh man, it's fucking Wendigos, or Wendigos, or Wendigos, as I kept on pronouncing it in that video. <laughs> How do you know? It's fucking Northeast Canada. It's obviously Wendigos.
Welcome to Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 178. Uh, it's just two of us again this week. Henry's off at, I think it's the Pacific Media Convention or something like that. I He'll be back next Pacific week to Media. give us a full rundown of that. I, it's, I expect nothing but K-pop or J-pop or whatever the fuck they play there. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Pacific Media Expo? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, That sounds right with what I said. He's out yeah. on assignment at the Pacific Media Expo right now. Um, have you been to this thing, Henry? I, I know we talked about it back. We did Extra Life a bunch sending people to it, and it was always a, but why are we sending people to this moment for me? Uh, I think you and I have actually been there before. No, we haven't. At least I haven't. Huh. What was the one we went and we got into that like gladiator-style fight? couple years ago um, i think that was pacific media expo no that was that was in long beach wasn't it <sighs> so this might be in long beach i don't know i i don't think this is that one but fuck if i know man maybe we have been to this i almost feel like that was part of our wicked like well the something we could i can go back and check the archives not right now obviously like it's we didn't make so many unplugs, I couldn't find it pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, from what I remember from the unplugs, I know we went to, uh, in, was it IndyCon or something Indicade, like that? yeah. Indicade. I remember that one for sure. And then, I'm pretty sure the other one was like Pacific Media Expo or some shit like that, but I could be wrong. We'll find out. Maybe. Ba- back to the intro to the podcast, though. As always, I'm Mordak, <laughs> a.k.a. Charlie. And he's Henry, a.k.a. Mave Online, and, uh... I'm Henry, Henry a.k.a. Oh, Mave Online. Me. <laughs> Alex. Twice, by the way. Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online. <laughs> no, no, up, guys. this is Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. Mave Online, a.k.a. Alex, a.k.a. The Quiet Man, a.k.a. The Silent Man, a.k.a. I... It's Alex. Henry's out this week. Already said that. I... <laughs> it's okay. I'm playing too much Death Stranding. <laughs> Has it got you that fucked up? Like you're just like, I don't know what to do anymore. No, just... no, it's not. I uh, sh- should we just get into what I've been up to this week? Because it's Death Stranding, Death Stranding, yeah, and like I... a little bit of Destiny's what I've been up to this week. I want to hear all about this because this guy, I've heard this game is a fucking trip. Of course. Okay, so I I don't know how to talk about this game in a totally non spoilery way, so I'll try and keep it to a minimum. But if you feel spoiled by this, I do apologize because. There's a certain going into Death Stranding a little bit blind that's great, but also I think the warning I'm about to give is super useful. Mm. Like, so this game is 100% not for everyone. Uh, If you found the pacing of Red Dead Redemption a little slow, do not play this game. Um... If you don't enjoy fetch quests, probably don't play this game. If you've not been a fan of uh, Metal Gear Solid games in the past, definitely don't play this game. If you're not sure if you liked Metal Gear Solid games because of Kojima or because of the stealth kind of super realistic but also not realistic military stuff, be prepared to not like this game, actually. Like, it's. So that that kind of leads into my biggest statement of lots of reviews going around about this game, lots of polarization. Like, it's 
is proving to be an exceedingly divisive game kind of thing. Like, the, the reviews have been all the fucking over the place, and I think even Kojima got out there and said, like, this game is going to be controversial. Like, either you're going mm. to think this game is amazing, or you're going to think this game is terrible. And I'm going to throw the asterisks on that of, right now, I'm really enjoying this game. But there are, like, two or three things I think of as, like, bullshit that I've already found ways to mitigate in the game, and I'm definitely not playing the game correctly as a result of that. But also, like, the main loop of the game is something I really enjoy, so those things aren't big problems to me because they're so easily mitigated by just having, like, the correct gear to go with it kind of thing. I But mm-hmm. so I... Let's, let's take it one step back. Uh, you play as Sam Bridges Porter. You are a, you, you are essentially a futuristic postman. Like literally, like your your outfit is a high tech version of a fucking postman's outfit. You primarily deal with other postmen. Like your only interaction with the cities of the game is to go into like distribution offices that are a hundred percent not like UPS, Amazon. USPS mail distribution centers, like, you will, this this game is weird, like, it is maybe (laughs) the biggest budget indie game ever, and -hmm. it occasionally shows in certain spots, like, I, but not in a bad way, like, I, 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 a lot of people have said this, and I'm definitely in the same camp, where I want to know what the fucking budget for this game was, because depending on what it is, it either makes this game stupid impressive, or a little bit disappointing. Like, it's... In broad strokes, like, there are maybe 10 NPCs you interact with in the entire game. The rest of them are mules or BTs that are kind of faceless horrors or kind of antagonists kind of thing. Like, I... I Ko- Kojima continues his, um... his trend of believing that con- uh, concepts like subtext are for cowards. And Kojima is no goddamn coward, which mm-hmm. I, I always enjoy kind of when Kojima like pulls a hard punch on that type of stuff, but it's not for everyone. I like the game plays around with the idea of human connectivity and what it means to actually connect with people and all that jazz, but also then like quite unsubtly makes this world's version of cell phones or smartphones a literal fucking handcuff. What? Like, you are straight up wearing a handcuff through the entirety of the the majority, almost the entire game that's, like, your, like, smartphone system. It's your GPS, it's your map system, it's how you get emails and shit, it's how people contact you, and, like, you, when you get it, you wake up with it clipped to a bed and clipped to your arm, like, full-on handcuff style, and Sam, the main <laughs> character, assumes he's in jail because of it. <laughs> As did I, and then, like, he takes it off and clips it onto him, making this, like, kind of cool smartwatch, but, like, the game never shies away from the fact that you're straight up wearing a cuff. Like, Numerous people refer to it as the cuff, and I'm like, wait, so like the game's not even gonna try and spin the fact that you've just essentially put both sides of a handcuff on you. Like from an industrial design standpoint, this device makes no sense. Like to the point where like whenever you go to sleep in one of the resting areas, Sam cuffs his ass to a bed. I'm assuming to <laughs> charge it, but I don't know. Like I, 
and that's the kind of subtlety this game chooses to go to. Like, I have to, sorry, let's rewind again, as I typically have to in this case. Is up. The basic crux of the game is sometime in the past, I think it's like 50 or so years, uh, they invented something called the Chiral Network. And the Chiral Network is super internet. That as best mm. I can tell, they found a way to use purgatory as essentially the fiber optic cable. And I, I mean purgatory, like the spiritual purgatory as the place you send data through. And the game even like flat out says, yeah, it was so cool that you could send like terabytes of data instantaneously, so much so to the point where like some people think the chiral network might actually be time travel, where it's not that you're transmitting faster, it's that you're transmitting into the past and it finishes downloading right at the time you need it, actually, kind of thing. Like, there's lots of weird bullshit like that. And as part of this, that like, when you started pulling stuff out of the chiral network, essentially starting pulling stuff out of purgatory, that's when shit goes down. That's when the first BTs showed up, and BTs literally stand for beached things. And BTs are the big spooky murder ghosts you've seen in trailers. They are some mix of ghosts, the actual dead, and things that got stuck in purgatory. And I feel confident saying that because at some point a character when you're walking calls and talks to you about the fact that like the invention of the Cairo network and BTs and the discovery of the afterlife, like scientific discovery of the afterlife fucking fucked up every major religion on the face of the planet. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, no, no, it's no longer a question of philosophy. We literally know there's an afterlife. And it turns out that BTs plus the living world don't work great. And they are quite frequently turning human corpses into nuclear bombs. Like, it, this world goes to shit where it turns out that if BTs interact with a body, they turn that body into a small-scale nuclear device, leaving giant fuck-off craters, wiping out cities as a result of it kind of thing. Like, it's... The BTs themselves are dangerous but not like prohibitively dangerous like there, there are ways of dealing with them you can avoid them like it's you can detect them there's tech that gets you around that type of shit it's what happens when like lots of science gets made up for this game like chirillium which apparently is like an element put off when things die and you destroy a body which mm. is what attracts the bts and like as a result of all of this the reign of this world is now called timefall where, like, instead of just being rain, anything it touches starts to age rapidly. So, like, if you get caught out in the rain and, like, it touches your skin, wherever the rain touches your skin, you will age rapidly at. Oh, okay. And that's, and then uh, that plays into some gameplay mechanics, but, like, it's, this game makes you afraid of rain because where rain is means there might be BTs, and that's where kind of the most stealth-intensive aspects of the game show up and like bts are more or less invisible like, there's ways of making them visible but they are invisible to the human eye kind of thing like your character is a little bit special not as special as some other people but like level two special not level three special so they can like sense them and there's equipment that lets you see them temporarily and stuff like that there are ways of making the stealth segments more feasible I have just now chosen to start getting caught in the stealth sections and whipping the BT's ass because 
you get the blood <laughs> grenades really early on, and they're really quite effective against what happens in that situation. So it's like, like I I, I got to a point last night where it's like, oh, I, I now know when scripted BT events are about to happen, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna load up on these blood grenades, and it's gonna wade right into this stuff. I'm gonna park my motorcycle, take all of my gear off that I don't I don't want to be in a fight with, like all the stuff I'm transporting. I leave here. And we're just gonna wander right in there and, f- and get detected by BTs, and then kill the one and make this thing go away. Like it, it's a totally viable strategy if you're sick of dealing with BT bullshit. And I, a hundred percent, am now that I have weapons that can hurt them. Mm. It's like, well, not doing the stealth section. Blood grenade. And yes, I'm not saying blood grenades as grenades that cause blood. I'm saying grenades that are made of blood. Yeah, this game sounds kind of fucking out there. <laughs> There's also piss and shit grenades too. And I guess like sweat grenades, but that's a separate. I, they're not called that. It, it's so part of what makes your character special is they have like a how you can die and come back mechanic, and the game then extends that into your body's biological functions are problematic to BTs. So mm-hmm. by harvesting like certain enzymes found in certain secretions of your body, they can be weaponized against the BTs. Gotcha. It's weird, but it kind of makes sense in context. Like it, and it plays into this game has some weird sim aspects to it. Like so, ah, fuck. How to explain this? the The game is broken down into zones. I'm about to leave. I think the kind of first major zone you wind up in, and that's essentially it. Like the zone is a big mountainous area. Like. Black rocks, some rivers, et cetera, et cetera, some some like multi-level train you have to traverse kind of thing. Not great for a motorcycle. It's cool though. Um how do I explain this? That's all you get in the first zone. Like you can go into you you have your private quarters that are the same from every distribution center you can go into private quarters at. There's kind of the garage you can go into where you make deliveries and stuff like that. And that's about it. There's like a couple like major cities. Like there's like two major cities you can wander into, but you don't see the cities. You see like a couple areas and a down st- and like the the mail office, for lack of a better phrase. And if you're expecting to like interact with these big future cities, you don't get to ever. Like maybe there's a part where you'll wander through a blown up one or an abandoned one or something, but I have yet mm-hmm. to encounter that and i don't think i'm going to like this game very much seems to be about wandering through the wilderness and stuff and like again this is where i go back to like if you liked skyrim because of all the places to explore you Mm -hmm. probably won't like this game because this game's not like it's not not about exploration but it's really about planning efficient routes like the map gps system in this game is you drawing paths on a map to follow, and like you inspecting the train, being like, ah, that looks rocky, might want to avoid that area, or in my case, being like, guess I'll bring a lot of ladders so I can climb over that area super easy or something. Like, it's, there's a prepper aspect to it I find interesting and rewarding, and also there are times where I'm like, fuck it, this motorcycle, let's double jump on it, let's fucking go. Let's just do some quick, like, there's a Trials HD aspect to it kind of thing. Like, I, it's weird, like, so, the game is at its best when the game works exactly as you think it's going to, and the game is really good about doing that. So, uh, about halfway through the first zone, you get access to a motorcycle, and 
the motorcycles are battery operated, meaning they like they, they don't have gas, they have energy, and there's ways of recharging it. But like, it's not super easy to recharge them. Like, yeah, there's like devices you can summon to do that. Oh, there's a whole crazy like building aspect where you use like digi-structing bullshit to build bridges and like post boxes and generators to recharge motorcycles within stuff. But like, so there was one section where I, I, I took the motorcycle up the really bad pass that I knew was going to be problematic to get back across. But I knew so long as I got back up over the hill, I could coast the entire way back to the base where I had a generator kind of thing. And sure enough, it worked exactly as that. And I kind of was like ducking and weaving through rocks and feeling real cool and just doing my thing. And that was an awesome moment. And like, sorry, I'm bouncing around a bunch. It's hard to talk about this game in a cohesive way to avoid spoilers. <laughs> so like, but the it's first like, time I did that path, I did it on foot and the, and the, the same downhill was equally gratifying because you go through this kind of intensive, like climbing, uh, climbing labor intensive, like we have to think about it. And it's like, it's just like, it's this straight downhill path that I'm like, okay, fuck it. Engaged both my grips, kind of hold onto my backpack and just fucking ran down the hill as fast as I could. And it was hard because you're kind of like fully enforced to counterbalance the entire way. Oh, there's a counterbalance mechanic. And the more you load up your character with stuff, the encumbrance system, the more your character kind of tips about easily, and you have to like press L2 or R2 to balance yourself. You can grab both to kind of put yourself into like locked stability mode. And that's why I was doing this down the entire hill, just like just running down the hill, like gripping both the grips as hard as I could, just like jumping over rocks, weaving around rocks. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> and if you think that's cool, you'll probably enjoy this game. If you think that sounds dumb, you're not going to enjoy this game. Like, because it was a moment where like, I got to the top of the hill, and I'm like, just in my brain, I'm like, ah, time for the easy hard part. Let's fucking get running, Sam. Yeah! <laughs> Gotta get that bridge! Yeah, I... Like I said, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. I, it's... The game lends itself to long, to long play sessions. Like it's not something you can like bang out some progress in an hour kind of thing. Like it's it's very deliberate. Um, I think the game's really cool. Like I, I'm definitely buying into the weirdness of what this game is and the very deliberate choices this game is. But I also fully understand everyone. Like I have yet to hear a complaint about this game. I don't think is valid but a lot of the complaints are this game's just not for me and i don't think this this game is super not for everyone like there's there's a certain aspect of this game that is just kojima doing weird shit and i i go back to my metaphor of this is the most expensive indie game ever made kind of thing like it's this is obviously a game meant like either you're going to dig this game or you're not you're not going to like grow to love it like i think it's you're more likely to grow to not like this game than to enjoy this game more, if that makes any sense. And, like, who knows? I, I, I may, like, play another 10 hours of this game and be like, fuck this shit, I'm out, it's too repetitive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also, part of my favorite parts of Destiny are just kind of the wandering around aspect, and this is totally what this game is. Like, it's there's, there's some wanderlust in it. Like, And it, it very much plays into this idea I've had for a game for a long time, which is... What if you just had a game with like a vague open-ended topic, like find this data pad on this planet kind of thing? And it's like, and, and it's like the idea is like, okay, you're stuck dealing with survival aspects and finding gear. What else? Mm. That's about it. Like maybe there's animals, maybe there's not. Like the biggest danger is the fact you're on a glacier planet, and like we're not sending you supplies, so like, hey, you'll have to craft shit as you find it, or like 
find better paths or like get good at the game or it's like okay cool you have these zip lines neat you can make these zip lines to be a fast traversal system but you have to like do crazy platforming from them is the game designed to do crazy platforming no like i i've always wondered if there was a market for a game like that where it's like it's a very human realistic kind of isolation like light on survival more on like maybe not traversal but like survival against the elements where it's like yeah you, you have to feed your character and go to the bathroom and whatever but like the emphasis isn't on that it's more on like manufacturing the right tools to the right job encumbrance and like getting the job done like I, it's this game is literally about de delivering packages like if you threw in the need to eat a little bit more or if you threw in the need to eat at all i might be like yeah this is like this is the exact level of survival immersion I want, but also, like, you could totally do away with the BTs, and I'd still be like, I think this game is still really cool. Hmm. Like, I I'm into just the, my name is Sam the Mailman, and I'm delivering these packages in the apocalypse kind of thing. Like, the BTs are like, yup, the BTs are here. Fuck. <laughs> I miss when I was wandering around that mountain. That was cool. I found some packages. <laughs> Oh, and that's the other thing, too. Like, there's a social networking aspect of the game where, A, it's a commentary on social network because the reward you get for doing stuff is just straight up called likes. And I don't know what the point of likes is, except, like, you get like scores on deliveries. So, fuck it. That's really funny, the fact that they have that. Yeah. I, you can't spend likes just like real life, but, like, I care an awful lot about these likes now. But so, like, part of the thing of the game is, like, when you get an area of the network... The main crux of the game is you are working your way west, installing more nodes on the chiral network kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to go into why you're doing that, but, like, that's why you're doing it. You're expanding the chiral network, which, if I get to the end of this game and, like, it's realized that's a fucking terrible idea, I'll be going, I fucking told you all. Like, maybe don't expand the internet based on the land of the dead. Like, just, just a thought. Hey, we got these weird murder creatures that came through and made this internet. Yeah, maybe we should stop making that internet. No, we're too far yeah. down the rabbit hole. Fine. <laughs> There's definitely an aspect of that, but yeah. So you're you're so when when you expand uh when you expand the chiral network when you install new nodes in the system to cover an area, like other players' creations get dropped in, and that's really cool because that becomes kind of cooperative, like. This is one dude who's been building lots of really useful bridges I've found, and I'm like, yeah, these bridges are great, and I have two or three climbing spike points that have been getting a ton of likes because I found myself stumbling into this area, and that's like, ah, shit, I gotta drop down, and I had climbing spikes to do that, and it seems other people are having the exact same experience where they plotted a path that takes you there, and then these climbing spikes take you in a really expedited path through a shitty area kind of thing. It's like, oh, I can just drop right here? Cool. Thank you, Mordak Undivided, for putting these climbing spikes here. But so, but then back to the rain, those things will degrade over time because the rain will make them age into non-existence. So either you're upkeeping your things or other people are. And that's like and it's a shared network thing at that point. You never see the other players, really, but their stuff is there. Interesting. Interesting that it would, you wouldn't be able to see them. But then again, I mean, it's a single-player game. Yeah, it, it's kind of Dark Soulsy in that way. Like you'll see other porters at um, the mail stations occasionally, and I'm not quite sure how that works. But mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah. 
No, I but also like if if they drop packages, you can surrender packages. Like the, the the wilds are full of porters, both NPC and human, that have like had to drop packages or lost packages or whatever. And you as a player can pick those up and add them to your haul. And like you can either drop them at a mailbox or distribution center, being like, I ain't got time for this, but I've recovered it from the wilds, or you can deliver it yourself for more likes. And then like you help the other player out and stuff. I, it's there's a neat cooperativeness to it that it's trying to do something that, like, I'm terrible. I have yet to really, like, if it's out of my way in any way, shape, or form, I don't bother delivering it, but, like, I at least take it to a distribution center to be like, fuck it, here's a lost package. Someone else mm. get it home. I don't care. Mm. Yeah. But also, I compulsively pick up almost every, like, random package I find, which has led me within excess of materials, which I'm turning into boots. To put into people, to put into the share box. Like, you can drop gear in various share boxes all over the place, and mm. other people can pick that shit up. Like, I, there, there's a spot with an especially bad BT infestation that, like, I dumped, I think, like, 40 blood grenades into last night, just because I'm like, just use the blood grenades. Just <laughs> Good do luck, it. weary traveler. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's an uphill area, <sighs> shitty, go use blood grenades. Just fucking kill it. This is the mechanics on this whole game in general just sounds super interesting. Yeah, I, I, again, like, if you're a mechanics-driven person the way I am, I'm really enjoying the game. Like, it's, it's got a freeformness I really enjoy. Like, it's, it has some faults. Like, it's, nothing is perfect about the game. Like, the, the, what the motorcycle can and can't get over is occasionally all over the place. Like, how the BT stealth mechanics works are a little bit fishy. I... But I'm really enjoying it, and I, I we can't talk about this game without talking about kind of the most ridiculous part of this game. Like the game has a sense of humor, if you think of it as funny. Like it, it's not funny in the same way the Metal Gear games were. They're not like over the top weird. It's this is in the same way. This is definitely over the top weird, but like in a serious kind of into like not intellectual, like philosophical way. I guess like it's it's very meditative on things. Except when you're back at home base and you have a table coated with um fucking five monster energy drink cans. <laughs> now, it'd be one thing if they were just aggressive product placement, but downing these cans actually gives you an in-game boost to your stamina. Like a pretty noticeable one. Mm-hmm. And like I and I'm not saying like they're mildly branded. These are some loving HD textured monster energy drink cans. And they're always there and they are they're not the funny one. They're kind of like eye roll, okay, whatever. Yep. Kojima puts real world products in his games. It's when you use like the uh, the bathroom and you use the um you, you take a dump. The screen pops up that kind of obscures it. It's just a fucking advertisement for Norman Reedus's motorcycle show. And the first time that popped up, I fucking lost it. And it's blatant advertising, but the fact they're covering up the sounds of uh, Sam taking a dump with, like, motorcycle revving sounds is what I thought was fucking hilarious. And every time you do that, I crack, I get, I'm like, I'm not cracking up all the way, but I'm still like, this is still funny. It's pretty fucking hilarious that they would I, do that, though. Some people find it super shitty, and, like, it's, it's, it's not, not a little bit world-breaking, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, fuck it, I think it's funny. By the way, nice choice of words of saying shitty for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I choose my words well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, they, 
I, I don't know. Like, is it scummy? Sure. But also, I think it's fucking hilarious. Like, it's, it's like, yep, it's like, oh, I get to see that weird poster again. Yep. But I get some people are pretty bent out of shape on that one. And, like, rightfully so. It's, it's pretty blatant advertising. And let's take it one step further. I don't get why the main character is Norman Reedus. Like, it could be fucking anyone. But it just happens to be Norman Reedus. It's like, okay, cool. Sam's Norman Reedus, I guess. Um, whatever. This is also the same game that has Guillermo del Toro's body, but not Guillermo del Toro's voice coming out of Guillermo del Toro's body. Like, what? they have the body scan for Guillermo del Toro with a totally different voice actor's voice. It is weird, but also, like, it's it doesn't fucking matter at all. Like, it's like, because most of the time you don't see the people you're talking to, you're on, like, the cell phone system with them, so, like, the fact they have physical bodies 90% of the time doesn't fucking matter. And to make it even worse, like, 90% of the time when you are physically in the same location of these people, they're just fucking holograms. Like, literally holograms. Hmm. I, like, to the point where I'm pretty sure a major plot twist of the game is, um, Emile, Amelia, however you pronounce her name, like, there's a whole big plot involving her. I'm assuming she's just a hologram at this point. Like, I, it's, the main kind of push for why you're doing these things, I think, doesn't exist anymore, and they're using, like, a hacked chiral network to make it look like you're talking to her or something. Interesting. But I got no fucking clue. Like, I think that's where the game is going, ultimately. Like, I, it's... Oh, I, I, I forgot to mention, there's a terrorist organization that's figured out that, like, yo, if you just commit suicide in a, in a secret spot of a city, it will get nuked. Because of how this world works kind of thing. Like, it's... There's some hardcore fucked up terrorism in this game occasionally. Okay, that sounds kind of fucked, but also... Not surprising, considering you can weaponize your body at all. Yeah, no. Like the, like the idea in the idea literally is these terrorists go into cities, commit suicide, wait for the BT thing to happen where the bodies go nuclear, and that's it. Like it's the in the world of the game, it is like man, that is a brilliant tactic. Fucked up, but like that's a, that's highly effective. Oh, it's absolutely fucked, but it's yeah. also it's it. I feel like if it was a real scenario, people would puff, probably fucking do that. Totally. Yeah, I, and, and given what the terrorists are after kind of thing, which is to not be part of the chiral network, it makes sense. Like, I, I, I'm i not sympathizing with them, because even this, in this weird-ass video game, I've never met another fucking human, really. Like, that's still shitty. But, like, it's within the world, all the things play by the same rules kind of thing, and as a result, they, like, work well. I... Yeah, it's it's little weird stuff like the fact where it's like, oh, um, you don't go into the cities. Why? I'm pretty sure they're all underground. I, there's one moment in the game I want to talk to that I think sets the tone for the rest of the game. This is probably the most spoilery thing I'll talk about. There is a part where you meet the sitting U.S. president of this world kind of thing, and the game acts like you're in the Oval Office and stuff, and some shit happens, and it is then revealed that you are 100% not in the Oval Office. You are in a round room with no windows and a door kind of thing, probably below the surface, that is being projected to look like the Oval Office via, like, holograms and shit. Interesting. 
And like that's the tone of the game, I think. Like I, it's the, the that presidential character so, comes like so fucking close on numerous occasions to being like just like saying "Make America Great Again" and shit like that, and doesn't. Where it's like it, there's some there is some hardcore commentary on America in this game, kind of thing. Like I, it's the, the chiral network, the porters, like a bunch of weird stuff exists. Where it's like. We had to invent a bunch of jobs that didn't need to exist anymore because of robots, because people felt useless. And like the game's like, yeah, and they were. Like they refused to accept the fact that their purpose they had previously didn't exist in the world anymore. It made it bullshit reasons why it had to come back, kind of thing. So we brought it back. Huh. Yeah, it was like the game has a like a little like throwaway kind of set of dialogue about how they're like, Yeah, at one point we had all the mail delivered by drones, and then people felt weird about that and like we're mad there were no more male people, so we brought male people back. We had no need to except that people were like, I don't like my mail delivered by robots. Meh. That is a little on the nose. I, it's, uh, again, sure. subtext is for cowards, and Kojima is no coward. Yeah. Face Kojima. Yep. I, I, the game has something to say. I, I, you may not agree with what the game has to say. I'm not agree. I have. I agree with everything the game has to say, kind of thing. Like it's, but the game has things it's trying to say, and it says them. Like it says them matter of factly and blatantly, and over and over again, and does not shy away from the fact that it's not going to be a game for everyone. Like, I, like I keep saying, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game. I'm going to keep playing it for sure. Like. This is the first game I've played since I got really back into Destiny, where I wasn't like man, I'm wasting time and destiny by playing this. I'm like, no, this is some weird shit I want to play right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm having a lot of fun. But again, like, Alex, I don't think you'll enjoy this game. Like, it doesn't seem to be, like, it's based on the games you enjoy playing. I could imagine mm-hmm. you would find this game very tedious. I also can imagine this game is impossible to let's play. Unless, like, you, like, I... Either it's maybe the best game to stream because it's shit tons of downtime you can interact with people on your stream for, or it's like the worst thing where it's like, do something interesting. All you've done is walk for the last hour. This walking is very hard. (laughs) I gotta say, this whole thing is interesting. It's a hell of a game. I'm not sure what type of hell the game is, but it's a hell of a game. Like, it's... I'm impressed with the game. It's beautiful. It plays, I think, pretty well. Uh, the design of the game is fucking Kojima at his best. Like, it's got this kind of cool sci-fi vibe to a bunch of how the stuff works. Like, it's where Red Dead had a bunch of buttons that overlapped in functionality. This game does that too, but it does mm-hmm. it well. Like, I have yet to accidentally press the wrong button for stuff. Okay. Like, even though it's like it, like the scan area button and cover your mouth so you don't breathe button because that's what BTs are attracted to, FYI, are the same, but one's a hold and one's a press, and I have yet to accidentally do one or the other. Like, I, it's, the game is really good about, like, being correct about that stuff. I, like I said, I, I've yet to fuck up a button press in this game. Like, all the fuck-ups that have happened have either been, like, me pushing the physics a little bit too hard, or me like, yup, I shouldn't have run down that hill. Why? Didn't see that big rock. Didn't see that big rock. It was green against the background, so I have excuses, but, like, yeah, jumping off that rock was a poor choice. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I like the game. I, I don't think it's for everyone. I, I, 
I like the game at this point in time. Like, I've seen a lot of videos out there where people did, like, first impressions, and they were like, yeah, this game seems really cool, and then came back to the end of the game, were like, fuck this game. And I'm like, wow, that's polarizing. <laughs> Holy shit, what the hell happened? Like, I, this is a game that if, like, if you're curious about what I've just said, you should absolutely play this game kind of thing. Like, they're, they're, just be prepared to, at some point in the game, be like, fuck this. And throw it on your controller in disgust. Like it's coming to PC and it's coming to PC in the near future. So maybe wait for that. The mod sync for it could be real weird. Like get that bang energy drink into it instead of monster cans. I don't fucking know. But yeah. Yeah. You know what we should do is they need to change them with like two eleven malt liquor and have it like distort I, your vision. I personally think that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> have the have the um have the stuff back at base just be straight up like malt liquor. It boosts your stamina. How? How does st- malt liquor boost your stamina? <laughs> Got this Mad Dog 2020. It's exactly. a fortified wine. It fortifies me. Yeah. yeah. You need to ask how malt liquor energizes you. You've never had malt liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Just four loco. Oh, four loco. Dude, speaking of that, you know what I saw in shelves the other day? Four loco? No, spiked watermelon. 211 malt liquor. Yeah, of course. I, I I don't even know where to start with that. When we were buying booze for my wedding, we briefly looked at, like, I, I'm not sure Jen knew I was doing this, but there definitely was a, like, I'm like, what if we just, like, two things of malt liquor in the fridge, or in the, um, cool to see how people react to that? <laughs> like, who would wind up drinking that? I digress. Yeah, that's Death Stranding, I guess. All right. Death Stranding. It's the malt liquor of video games. It's not for everyone, <laughs> but those that enjoy it will enjoy it. Yeah. And based off of the commentary, it sounds like it'll fuck you up somehow. But mentally, not alcoholy. Is that a fair assessment? I, I have yet to be mentally fucked up by it, but I, I, I could imagine people that are gonna be like super meditative and be like, I need to change how I think about things after this game. But also, I, I don't play games for that type of experience. It's, it's probably totally there if you're into that type of thing. I'm enjoying mm. it from the angle of like I've never been a postman in the apocalypse. I, I play video games for escapism, kind of thing. Like I get to be something I'm not, and in this, it's I get to be Sam Bridges Porter, postman of the apocalypse, mm. and that's just kind of cool in my book. It's like it, it's like all my space trucking video games. It's like I will never get to I will never get to be this person, but I get to be this person in this video game, and that's kind of cool. Okay, and not all, all right. lives are fast and hardcore paced. Like it's like. There's a tedium and slowness to the game. I'm like, yeah, this is like hiking. You'll get there when you get there. Yeah. Fuck, there are BTs. Guess I gotta throw these blood grenades. All right, you ghosts. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? Um, well, let's see. Clearly not being a postman for the apocalypse, but... Clearly. I, I did do other things here. So um, I did end up watching BlizzCon, and we'll talk about that. And kind of how that goes and all that jazz. Um, I did also, the reason I wasn't here last week is because I, uh, I did end up doing an Extra Life, uh, the 24-hour event. For the most part, I did sneak in a nap in between, but uh, yeah. So I ended up uh, streaming. Well, not streaming, but I was part of the Populous Gaming stream. Because uh, I guess Brent and, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Brent and Ryan were at Brent's place, and we were playing over there, or they were playing over there, and I was kind of tuning in from all the way up here in Oregon, of course. 
And uh, overall, it was it was an interesting experience because it was, and we'll talk about. I well, I don't know. Should I even talk about it now at this point, considering it's going to be in our? We'll talk about it in the news. news. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I got through event. I was still pretty sick for most of it, so I was having a cough and fits throughout the whole thing. But Ugh. yeah, so that's always fun. Um, but yeah, so I did extra life last week. That's why I wasn't gone. I literally like so we the the it wrapped up at eight. And we had the time change, so technically it's not a 24-hour stream, it's a 25-hour stream, because there's a time change that happens in the middle of it, which has been the same thing for the last couple of years, um, which is really annoying, because it's an extra hour you weren't expecting to add, but, um, yeah, no, so that was, it was a lot of fun, um, and, uh, well, I, I, I still need to do my own, because the charity stream that we did for Extra Life, the actual game day, or at least the official game day, was for CHLA. And so I plan on doing a separate one for Dornpecker, which is the hospital that I represent up here in Oregon. So, um, and it's another children's hospital, of course, and all that jazz. But um, in between all that, I had my credit card stolen. So that was fun. Like, I wasn't mugged, but I guess it was swiped. and Like, I had the card physically, but, you know, they copied the magnet strip or whatever, and so that was that. And, uh... Yeah, it was fun. I reported it. Credit card company is always awesome. They're like, yeah, no problem. We'll ship one out. And then the replacement card never arrived. And they're like, we're canceling that one and redoing it to another one. So, that's fun. Um, and let's see what else. Didn't really do much else. Like, it's been a kind of a slow week for me. I've been playing WoW, mainly. Uh, kind of haven't picked up Destiny 2 recently, mainly because I'm working on getting... Some other characters squared away right now in WoW, so I'm playing the anniversary event, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, in the news stuff right now. So join me in Destiny 2, Alex. I know. Um, yeah, not a, I'm actually. It's kind of a quiet week for me, man. Like I didn't really have much. I mean, last week, like I said, well, I watched all of BlizzCon, so it was uh, we'll probably go back and watch a few more of those things again and all that jazz. But yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty slow week for me. Uh, not as interesting as, like I said, being a mailman for the post-apocalypse, but yeah, that's, that's been my two weeks. <laughs> so Really? That's it? I didn't really have much that I can think Fair. of, to be honest with you, man. Like, <laughs> between, like, WoW and, like, obviously, you know, credit card getting stolen and all that. Oh, actually, I do have something before oh. I forget. So, my lease is almost up for my car. <clears throat> so, I'm trying to decide what my next car will be. So. I'm dancing between two options right now, and I know there's one that makes sense, and I should go with that one. Um, but the other side of it is also kind of makes sense. So, scenario one is Lisa ends. I drop this car that I have now off and get myself a super because four wheel drive, and it'd be nice up here in Oregon. And I'd if you live right in Oregon in now, you should drive on a Subaru. Yeah, I feel like it's standard issue now. So there's that. At the same time. Um, I don't know if I want another car payment. Kind of dancing between that at the moment. So, I was thinking, and it'd be a crazy idea, I still have my old Nissan 240SX back home, and I'm thinking about bringing it up here, getting it shipped, and then I don't have a car payment, but I have an old coupe that's rear-wheel drive in the snow. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) That's what I've heard so far. May I throw down an o- another option? Sure. Have you thought about trying to trade in the old car 
to just buy your next car. Well, the car I have now is a... Oh, you mean the 240? Yeah, you can trade in the 240 as, like, part of your down payment for a car. Rather than leasing, you could just buy a car. I could do that. That's an interesting option. Because leases and monthly payments often wind up being pretty fucking close. Yeah. I mean, they're relatively close, especially, like, I have pretty deep credit, so it should be a big deal, but... It's just, it's interesting, because, like, I... I don't know, like... I like the L240, though. Like, when I go down to California to, like, hang out or visit or all that stuff, that's the car I drive around. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just telling... It's in the consider, like, but also, don't fucking do rear-wheel drive in the snow. You will die. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard, so... <clears throat> kind of dancing around. You don't live so... in California anymore, Alex. You have to accept the fact that where you <clears throat> live gets ice and snow. Yeah. I know. God, it'd be so much fun to drive. No, it wouldn't. You'd hit your first patch of black ice and wreck. Well, with that attitude, yeah. Who knows? Maybe next week you'll hear about my ass. As someone who has had to go pick several friends up in my life from times that their rear-wheel cars got stuck in snow, don't Mm. do it. Well, that may be an option that I didn't even think. Of, so, we'll see. Because it does, it will cost me like between five hundred to a thousand bucks to get the car shipped. Up. Yeah, I, I am not a financial advisor, nor am I kind of a car buying advisor. Like, if I were you, I would look into like what type of money you can get for that car, and/or what the trade in value for it is, and just fucking buy a new car. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Also, you now live in a place where leasing makes less sense because you have salt and snow and sand. Leasing makes less sense? Yeah, because there's more things that degrade the car over time. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I didn't think of I'm glad I said it out loud. You're so wise, sir. No, I've just lived in New England for a big chunk mm-hmm. of my life. Like, I, it's... Where I grew up, you keep you you drive cars into the goddamn ground, and you only lease when you absolutely have to because just from salt and sand you will have problems. Like, which I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah again, actually- you don't live in LA anymore. Like, it's leasing cars in LA makes a lot of sense. Like, because you're not driving tons of miles, you're out in the country mm-hmm. now. Like, not in the country, country, but. I suspect you're driving more, but it's taking less time now that you live in Oregon? Um, no, about the same distance, and it takes a lot less. <clears throat> That's fair, Maybe yeah, no. I've... Yeah, now, coming from L.A., like, the traffic is fucking great here. I love it. Some people complain about it, but then I have different context from what I consider traffic. I know, you're one of those assholes that's like, oh, this isn't traffic, that you, you would die in L.A. It's like, yeah, fucker, this is the traffic we're used to. It's still yeah. a problem, fuck off. Yeah. I'm that asshole. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, um, it was funny because last week, um, <clears throat> I was finishing cleaning my car out. So I'm like, well, that's it. I'm going to go get it now. I'm going to trade out the car and get a Subaru. And I literally got out the parking lot and I was like, uh, probably not yet. <laughs> then got back in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I said, I didn't really do much. I was still, for the most part... If you want to talk or... about this more, we totally can. It's just, it's just definitely not podcast fodder. Yeah. 
No, I totally we can agree. talk about the finances of buying a car outside of this podcast. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. I think we can. We, we, we're trying to fill the air. We, we, we have shit week. to talk about. We do. Not a lot. But we Should do. we just get to the news? I think we can get to the news. All right. News! Uh, we've got some kind of uh, BlizzCon mop-up to do. Obviously, Alex is back this week, unlike last week he said me and Henry screaming about it. So we're going to kind of lead into Alex's thoughts on BlizzCon this year with the actual news story of uh, the Hearthstone devs got out there in the kind of week since BlizzCon's been over and said they kind of wish the Hong Kong situation had been handled a little bit better. You yeah. also have, I think it's the uh, uh, the VC or VP of um, Blizzard, the Overwatch kind of lead, saying he wants the Bliss Chung stuff reduced or expunged. Or flat out just removed. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's Papa Jeff, Jeff Kaplan. He's the, uh, he's the one that actually got out there to that. But I think it's interesting that he would say it because I think like he's in such a safe position right now that he can get away with saying it. Like, I don't know if any other members of, of a, like Blizzard can go out there and say that out loud and not face any repercussions. <clears throat> I think he's one of the few that can really get away sure. with doing it. And I actually respect him for doing that. Like, hey, go ahead. But, but he could just not say anything. You know, very easy now, considering it's been a couple weeks. But yeah. I gotta give him kudos. That's, that's Jeff Kaplan. Papa Jeff. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice. If they went back and did that, I don't know if they will at this point, considering it's been too much of a... Oh, who fucking knows at this point, change. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess, you want me to just start, we can go into Blizzard? Yeah, fuck point? it, let's dive in. Okay, so I well, sorry, sorry, Blizzard. we already covered all the announcements and stuff, so you don't need to recap that, I guess, but we are... Yeah, let's recap well, that real quick. And well, I'll what I'm looking for, I guess, on. is... It's one thing for me and Henry to watch BlizzCon, you who actually still engage with Blizzard products more frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I guess... so to re- yeah, to refresh y'all, it's uh, Diablo 4, Shadowlands, Hearthstone Expansion, Overwatch 2 are the big announcements out of BlizzCon this year. Yeah. Not that you've forgotten, but it's worth reiterating. Yeah. Uh, that Diablo 4 cinematic is fucking good. Like, I... I'm just not impressed by cinematics anymore. Like, I, it's. As someone who's playing Death Stranding has lots of cutscenes thrown at me that are quite nice looking. It's like, okay, cool. Will the game look like this? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I've played Diablo games. Diablo games don't play like that cinematic. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I agree, but, like, of all the shit that happens, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, the art team at Blizzard is always oh, yeah, sure. fucking phenomenal. They're always so good at what they do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, like, it's interesting, they're adding some stuff, and they're very much trying to really reel in on that nostalgia, because they brought in the Druid, which people have been asking about for a long fucking time now, and they talked about referencing going back to their Diablo 2 roots and all that jazz, and business-wise, I think it's a good move on this part. <clears throat> Diablo 3 was kind of, like, Diablo 3 is, don't get me wrong, Diablo 3 is fun if you're into Diablo, but it definitely failed as a true successor of Diablo 2. So, uh... Why, though? Because it wasn't dark enough? Well, I mean, there's that, but there's also the fact that they added an auction house for a while. I got removed. Yeah, sorry, that was all gone the time I started playing Diablo. And Yeah, so there was the auction house fiasco, there was 
you know, stuff like that. There were certain, like, there's certain other elements that just something felt like it was missing, you know? Like, this one there, the Seasons was a nice addition to it, and adding, like, little weird effects to the Seasons, I think, was a really good move um, on their part. So, uh, seeing that in the future will be really nice. But, yeah, I think it's just the launch itself and what they kind of went through with that was not kind of a good pick. So, story-wise, though, I think Diablo 3 went really well. Kind of like following the story in that. But other than that, like, numbers-wise, and, and just kind of compared to, like, Diablo 2 and Lords of Destruction or whatever, it just wasn't that great. So the fact that they're trying to go back and reference those two roots are, is a good move on their part. Sure. Although, I don't know if you saw the announcement, I don't see it on here, but they announced that there will be cosmetic microtransactions in Diablo 4. Yeah, I just like talking about that this week. Yes, I... Is that every video game at this point? Yeah, pretty much. And it makes sense that they would do it. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If it's cosmetic things, I I don't mind as much. If it was pay-to-win bullshit, sure. like the auction house, like essentially what the auction house was, pay-to-win, then no. That's fucked up. But um, it seems to be just the way the future what it is with these games, like Charlie said. So, yeah. It's Diablo 4 will have cosmetic microtransactions on, on release, it sounds like. So, I'd laugh my ass off if everything else is broken, but the sure as shit, the cosmetic shop works just fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that covers Diablo 4. Um, Shadowlands. That Shadowlands trailer also was just. I. God damn. Sylvanas just. Yeah. She's in every trailer now. She's always doing some shit. Did not go the way I was expecting, though. So. Um, I will say mechanically, as far as what they're talking about doing for Shadowlands, it's real smart. They're, it seems like they're learning. So this their... is the stuff me and Henry have no context on. Explain the real smartness, I guess. Okay. So one of the things they're talking about is like, they, they're kind of realizing that a lot of the class pruning they did felt weird because instead of having like, I don't know, what do they have? Like 12 class or 30. Um, so instead of having, like, I would say 12 classes, you essentially have 36 classes because everything's tied to spec identity as opposed to class identity right now. So when you play, for example, Rogue, when you spec into Outlaw, you don't have things that Assassination would. Like, you don't even have poisons Yeah, you're anymore. just an Outlaw at that point. You're Outlaw Rogue. And, you know, Assassination Rogue does not play at all in any way like Outlaw Rogue. Like, there's just, it's, it's, it's really weird, kind of how it's been broken up. Instead of having, like, class identity, you essentially have spec identity right now. So, um, which became really weird and challenging to balance as well, because you do have specs that just flat out fucking suck. You know, like, Sub Rogue right now is fucking garbage, uh, yeah. for rating and things like that. So, um, they're bringing back a lot of the stuff they pruned out from previous expansions for classes so for example shamans will actively be dropping totems again um certain curses are coming back for warlocks uh hunter some hunter abilities like eyes of the beast kill shot uh for warrior shattering throw again is coming back things like that uh shield wall as like all warrior specs will have shield wall so you'll have to do that old trick where you switch weapons pop shield wall as a defensive and then switch back to your whatever Two-handed yeah. weapon and things like that, so 
Um, as far as going into that approach, that's that's a good move because it's very much based off like kind of the numbers and how Classic has been doing compared to retail right now. Like, Classic has had a big influence right now on what it sounds like with this new expansion. So, uh, kind of going back to those roots, there's no more big AP grind, which was kind of a big fucking issue because unless you all redid that whole grind with your uh, alt, you weren't getting there. And so these expansions recently have not been very alt-friendly. It's kind of a big fucking issue. Hell, I mean, Legion, as fun as Legion was, Legion was not alt-friendly or spec-friendly at all. Like, you dumped all your AP into one weapon, and then you had to redo that grind for another spec. So you were essentially pigeonholed into that spec uh, really early on, which was kind of an issue, so... Um, yeah, so as far as that goes, they're kind of doing that. They're adding some new abilities here and there. <clears throat> Based off what they... It's it's interesting, too, because, like, they're not really tackling any lore that is established anymore. Like, they've kind of hit that point where... Oh, yeah, where, they got way beyond the lore once um, Wrath of Lich King was done. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still, there's still characters that were <clears throat> in from the old lore still involved in it. But, like, for this one, for example... The Jailer, who's supposed to be the main antagonist of this expansion, is a completely new character. And they've confirmed it's not like Arthas or anybody weird like that. It's literally somebody new. So, um, and they kind of talk about how, and even based off the books, like they, if you go a little bit into the lore side of things, um, the Titans have never really talked about the Shadowlands at all because they don't really have a Titan representing the Shadowlands, so to speak. So, um, this is all new lore, essentially, that's coming out for this expansion, so it does sound interesting, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of travels on, but yeah, stuff like that. Those decisions are good. Uh, I've heard rumors of, let's see, class sets coming back, so that's something that people really complain about is missing, is like a, a class, uh, what is it, a class set, like, because they really modify every, every tier. It modified the way you played your class. And right now, you play your class the same way based off the right Azrite traits you have for the entire expansion right now. Unless they make actual changes to your character. So it's... Yeah, it's... You're kind of just doing the same gameplay over and over. Like, the way I played my Elemental Shaman in the last tier is the same way I play the Shaman this tier, so to speak. So, um, it doesn't really change much. So... As far as that goes, they're kind of going in the right track for that. They're also reducing the level grind, and I'm, I'm sure you talked about the level cap. Did you guys talk about the no, level cap? No, we didn't, actually. We kind of left this all to be talked about this week when you were back. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just go kind of go down the list here as far as that stuff goes. So, um, yeah, so they're reducing the level squish back down to 60. So when the expansion starts for Shadowlands, you'll actually be level 50, and you'll grind up to 60. And they're streamlining a couple of ways things now because, like, currently when you level, you out-level the actual story for a certain expansion, and you're just jumping around. So it feels really weird. So what they're doing now is they're adding a leveling experience from 1 to 10, and it's the same leveling experience for every character, just obviously depending on if you're Alliance or Horde. Once you hit level 10, you choose the expansion you want to level in, and you level all the way to 50 in that whole expansion. And then from 50 to 60, you do Shadowlands. So, 
instead of like, well, you know, from level 60 to 70, I'm going to do Burning Crusade. Oh, well, 70, and I barely got to the first continent or first, you know, part of the map. Better head on over to Wrath, do Wrath for a first part. Well, now I'm jumping over to Cataclysm and do all that. Like, it's it was super confusing now, and it took forever. So, um, which is an interesting move because they're reducing, at least based off the numbers and what they're projecting, they're reducing leveling experience time by 70% of the current grind. So it's a big cut. And it's an interesting angle, maybe, because um, they're, this would affect, basically, the need to have to buy the character boost. So it's, it's kind of an interesting angle they're going to go with it. There's uh, actually kind of something that's going on in Destiny. Uh, we didn't talk about it much when it happened because it wasn't as big a deal. But they kind of made the base power level for everything 750 and brought all your pre existing gear up to that point. And now the grind yeah. is only from 750 to 950, yeah. essentially. That's what it reminded me of was when that happened. It was like, oh, yeah, it's something similar to that. But it's nice because you don't have to do that first grind to start doing the like cl- yeah. close to current content. But see, so one of the things they're doing too is also kind of streamlining that and making it a lot more alt friendly. So. When, you, when you're leveling up a character for the first time through Shadowlands, you have a predestined path you're going to go through. So you're going to go, you know, uh, continent one, two, three, four. I'll just call them continents. I don't sure. know what to call them. Or, or zone. You're going to go to a very specifically assigned path. One, two, three, four. Um, once you do all four, because part of the story is you're going to learn about all four covenants which are the new, kind of like, did you play Burning Crusade at all? No, but they're the factions of the dead, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. I so Burning it's Crusade, very much. Yeah. Okay, so remember choosing between Aldor and Scryer? Oh yeah, they both suck. Did you want an elephant, or whatever the fuck the other thing was? Well, everyone went Aldor, because Scryer sucked in terms of endgame, based off the gear and items you can yeah. get. So, it was kind of pigeonholed into that. So one of the things they're obviously concerned about is, well, you know, you have four factions to choose from, and you can't easily change, so... Um, is it going to be where they're actually completely balanced, or is this going to be a situation where everyone's going to go Revenant or whatever because they're the most optimal raid-wise kind of thing? So Let's be honest, we all know who the Horde's going with, the edgelordiest of the factions. <laughs> actually, I've seen a lot of my friends talk about Covenant because they like the fucking tier sets and the stuff that they have coming out for them. It looks, well, not tier sets, but like armor sets. They look fucking nice. Have you seen the the Covenant ones? I or sorry, paid a lot the of attention uh, to this. Okay, so um, and one of the things they're actually also addressing, which is really interesting, because remember we talked about the backpack uh, mm-hmm. fiasco a couple weeks ago. So they're actually adding different types of back gear um, for your character to wear. So like some characters will have like these cool wings or like these cool like just like like right now they recently experimented with it like torrents when they get their uh, racial. Uh, transform or transmog set. They have a totem on their back, kind huh. of thing. So they're kind of experimenting. They experimented more recently, but now it looks like they're going to add a lot more into that, so it's going to flesh out more. So it looks really good. Um, so they're doing that right. That that's sounds really interesting. It's just obviously the balancing issue will be a big thing. I'm actually curious to see what they're going to do for shamans because if they're bringing back totems. If they would just bring back Wind Fury Totem so Enhancement would have a de- dedicated fucking raid spot, that would be fucking great. <clears throat> so, we'll see. Um, 
Also, they're making it that every race can become a death knight now, which is something that's been locked out for a long time. Because what race couldn't become a death knight? Any of the new allied races and the pandas. Oh, so now you can have a Pandaren death knight. That death knight's woo woo. Um, they're also adding a lot more class, or sorry, uh, character creation customization. Yeah, like they're you're able to have like a lot better terms of like like especially for humans, you can make your human look a little more representative of yourself. So I can have a Mexican warrior if I wanted to. Not really Mexican because that doesn't exist in Azeroth, but you get what I'm. Where so, where would that be from Azeroth? I don't know. Somewhere tropical, maybe Booty Bay or something. Yeah, that would kind of work. Booty Bay has a very much like Booty Bay very much has a Mexico feeling because you've got the resort towns and then everyone's ganking everybody. You wow. said it, not wow. me. <laughs> Please don't add us for that. It's Alex. <laughs> it's me. It's okay. I can say that. I can. Say that. Anyway, um, yeah. So. Let's see, where else did I go down? Because the, the, the Blizzard, the, the, the WoW stuff in particular is what I follow more than anything else. Um, yeah, so right now it looks like they're going on the right track as far as that stuff goes. So I'm interested to see if it's really going to be that alt-friendly. Oh, actually, the one thing I, I mentioned. So once you hit your max level and you choose your covenant, when you level any alts, it's going to be treated like, oh, you've done this before. You can choose whatever order you want to level on from the zones, and you can pick your covenant right at level 50. And so any grinding that you need to do for leveling up your covenant stuff gets done as you level the character. So you're not mm. playing a second catch-up, uh, so to speak, uh, for your alts. So, which I think is a good move, because it requires you at least finish the whole thing once with one character. So it sounds like it's a good progression. Yeah, it kind of feeds back into the a bunch of Destiny players, myself included, are kind of like, just make all progression account wide. Please stop making it link to characters. Yeah. So. I don't want to do this stuff a second and third time. <laughs> um, so other than that, I think that's all I kind of covered as far as the WoW stuff goes. Uh, Hearthstone has their version of a PUBG, A-player Battle Royale, kind of PvP grounds thing. Mm. Don't care. Don't play Hearthstone anymore. Um, StarCraft is dead. Because they had nothing to talk about for StarCraft. Uh, other than, hey, you get a cool portrait for going to BlizzCon. And then Heroes of the Storm got Deathwing as a new character. So, there's that. Now, there is something, because I wanted to hear your thoughts. I didn't get a chance to finish catching up on this. But they did open up the show with J. Allen Brack putting out an apology. And I wanted yeah, to hear your thoughts we, on it. we talked about this a bunch last week. So, if you want me and Henry's more in-depth. Thoughts on this? Go listen to that. I, okay. I'll reiterate them now in summary here, though. I, I thought they were the most like fucking BP from South Park hollow ass. We're sorry thing ever. Mm. I Henry brought up the fact that like while this guy is up there talking about this, he's wearing the um LGBTQ thing. I it's I, I thought the entire thing was kind of spineless, and it was like it. It very much had the feel of "we're sorry we got caught." We're not actually sorry. Like I, it's it was the vibe of like apologizing to someone by saying, "I'm sorry you're upset about this." You're not actually sorry. You're just trying to placate it and move the fuck on. And you felt you had to say something. I, well, and like I, I think I brought this up. I'm not. It, it doesn't matter who did ultimately. Like it's it's one of those ones where it's 
like it, it feeds into actually why I don't like Overwatch as much as I do, where it's they do lots of things to seem progressive in Overwatch that only apply to the U.S. Like it's Tracer and uh, Seventy Six aren't gay in all the nation and all the locations that game is playable. Oh, no. Yeah, no, they're not. And I think that's incredibly shitty. Yeah, it's the whole apology was just like it was the most corporate ease. Like we have to do this. We're doing it. Shut the fuck up about it now. Like, we just want to put this behind us and look at how cool Diablo looked. And it's like, yeah, I get it. This will work for most people. But as someone who thinks how you've handled a variety of these topics from the jump, not just since this topic popped up, this just feels like, yeah, you're apologizing. You're not actually apologizing. I, why do you ask, I guess? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Um, I will say, I. I will give them credit for the fact that they actually said something because I figured a lot of companies. See, I don't stuff, because they, they had to say something. I don't think they had to. No, they were you completely... absolutely you had to. It's imagine the shitstorm that would have been if they didn't bring it up. They would have gotten. The sh- they're getting a shitstorm regardless, though. That's I... the thing. It's one of those you can't win scenarios right now. I mean, no, obviously but they you can lose up. harder. Well, yeah. Again, you can't win. That's what I'm saying. That's the scenario. No, you cannot win, but you can still make it worse. I think not acknowledging it would have made things even worse. Like, I, it's... People were physically there protesting your convention. Like, the Hong Kong thing ate an entire week of news for video games kind of thing. Like, it, mm-hmm. going up to BlizzCon, the biggest story wasn't the Diablo 4 or Shadowlands leaks. It was will Blizzard talk about the Hong Kong situation or not kind of thing. I, it's, I, I think the fact I, they had to address it. Like I, As curious as I am to live in a world where they chose to try and sidestep that one, because I think it would have gone over as badly as this apology has gone over, if not worse, mm. I, I don't agree. There's, they, they had to address it. Like, by addressing it, they have managed to avoid more people fucking redshirting them again. Like, I, it's... Yeah, no. This was not one they could have just waved under the mat. This is one of the... Like... It, yeah, no. They needed hmm. to get that kind of shitty feeling applause for their apology and people looking confused to get the placation done. Like, I imagine BlizzCon if they hadn't done that. Like, every single fucking panel they'd have had would have been someone getting up there and doing a Hong Kong thing. Like, I know that this was unavoidable. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I, I, I see it a little bit differently. I thought they were just going to flat out fucking ignore it. You can't. To I, be honest I, with you. you. You absolutely couldn't. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that yeah. one. But, um, I don't know. I, I still kind of a mixed bag because the fact that they, they're still withholding the punishments is a little shitty at this point. Um, but I think the fact that they addressed it probably meant something, personally. And they did have at some point some people during the Q and A actually, you know, did talked about Hong Kong, and they just they kind of let them. They didn't like stop them and push them away or cut the frame or anything like that. Like they they let them say what they wanted to say. So, um, but yeah, no. In the end, though, it's company placating and. You know, try to do like, hey guys, we're we're inclusive. Like, yeah, the fact that he wore an LGBT pin or shirt or whatever when he went up there was actually fucking calculated. 
So next time they come out with, oh hey, we were uh we got another gay character. Just remember, like characters not gay everywhere in in, in the game's released. They don't really fucking mean it. So, but yeah, um, oh yeah, and then of course Overwatch too. Yeah, PVE mode's interesting. The talent set stuff is interesting. Yeah. So, um, that's I think that's I don't have anything else to add for BlizzCon stuff right now. No, fair. Yeah, that was, that was kind of last week's news, if you will. Yeah. So, um, I guess just to kind of shift into that, um, extra life. I know we talked about it briefly in the preamble or in the opener where we talked, talked about, about like, it. Yeah. So some assholes decided to fucking DDoS the donor drive site that runs the donation system for Extra Life. And I'd just like to point out there that if you somehow, if this podcast ends, ends up in your lap and you're listening to us, I hope you go fuck yourself with a ring. So the shitty thing to do for a fucking children's charity and you decided to do it that day, I hope you get strangled. So. Um, and that's putting it lightly. But yeah. Um, luckily, though, I mean, they did end up detossing, so some people either got double charged for their donations or their donations could get through because the site wasn't up. Uh, luckily, they have been working on getting things up and running, and it looks like slowly but surely the stuff that is kind of backlogged from all that is starting to trickle back in. So, unfortunately, it's kind of crappy in the situation that some people who did donate, it's going to show up as anonymous. Um, which is kind of crappy because I know with Populous Gaming we were setting up a raffle yeah. kind of thing, and so we needed those names to show up, which is kind of shitty, so we'll have to figure something out, but um, yeah, they're slowly but surely starting to kind of come in, if you will, so. Um, yes, for those of you who were participating in Extra Life and kind of grinded through it despite all the DDoS stuff that was going on with uh, with the Donor Drive site, appreciate you guys, thank you, and uh, I know Lou thanks you guys, and I was keeping tabs with Lou throughout the whole that kind of event and seeing the updates and all that jazz. So uh, appreciative to you guys. Appreciative to the extra life people for what they do. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any other feelings, uh, anything else to say on that part other than I would probably go insult the person who was responsible for it more. But that'd be counterproductive at this point. True. Despite them being a garbage fucking human being. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? We have a ton of news this week. Let's fucking do Terry Bogart in Smash. Fair enough. Terry Bogart is officially in Smash. Okay. I, I, I think I'd ask you about it, but you didn't watch the Nintendo Direct for Terry Bogart, did you? No, I just don't care anymore about Smash. I, it's, it exists. <laughs> it's fucking great, because fucking... Uh, uh, oh, what's his name all of a sudden? The guy who does Smash. Sakurai. Sakurai. There we go, yeah. Um... Sakurai is basically doing a fighting game motion tutorial for a bunch of fucking Smash players. Sure. Because besides the, you know, front, you know, front B, down B, and all that stuff that you have for, for like, Smash characters, he has motion move or, like, Shoryu-type movements. He's got a lot of KOF-style movements that you yeah. would do for moveset. Ryo and Ken also have those. Yeah, but, like, the, he's actually sitting there doing tutorials and talking about, like, yeah... So if you want to do this, you just do this motion and then press this button. And like, he's basically doing like a dumbed down fighting game tutorial for some of these games for Smash players. And I thought it was fucking great to watch because like there's a generation of these people who have no idea who the fuck Terry Bogart is and all that jazz. And the I'm sorry, there's a generation that don't know who the fuck Ken is at this point or the Belmonts. Yeah. Or Samus. 
Yeah. And like, you can tell, like, so Sakurai had, like, Sakurai loves Smash Brothers. Like, obviously, it's his baby, but he also loves old school fighting games. So, like, there's a lot of love that goes into making these few characters recently. Like, I think he had a lot of fun getting Terry Bogard in there and introducing the KOF franchise into sure. it. Sure. Like, you can just tell he had a lot of fun with it. And so, like, him doing this whole, like, 40, 50 minute kind of, like, display of the new mechanics and stuff and characters and stuff that goes on. Like, it looks really cool. And, like, they have uh, Terry Bogard's, like, super specials, like the Buster Wolf. Uh, obviously, this is the Dunk. His, uh, his final smash is, like, a combination of the Power Dunk and Buster Wolf combo sure. thing. And it's, it just looks like he had a lot of fun doing it. So, um, Terry fucking Bogart is in Smash. So, um, is that it for the new DLC, like, pack? Or are there... Ah, uh, there's some, like, uh, the support characters and stuff that are coming as part of it, but mm-hmm. not much else beyond that. I... I don't know. I'm never as impressed as you are when it comes to this shit because at least my YouTube winds up blowing up with a bunch of people saying they should make a fighting game with fighting gankers that plays like Smash. And I'm like, no. And they already made it and it wasn't good. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, like, just to kind of give you some more context on this character and, and what's coming with it. So they're giving you Terry, they're adding 50 new songs from previous KOF. Neo Geo franchise games into Smash, a new stage which actually has special knockout mechanics. So, okay, so when you play Smash, you get points for knocking them off the map, right? Yep. So now with this one, you can actually bounce them off the walls and you have to get them to a certain percentage before you can break through the wall. Kind of like how you would in old KOF games. Sure, but also like that's going to get banned in competitive Smash. I, I guess, like, that's the problem. Like, it's the... These changes are cool to you and me, but the people that, like, play the most Smash, that's going to get banned in a tournament, so it won't matter. Like, either it's going to be a specific offshoot, or... Because that's not how Smash works. <laughs> Competitively. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think if you like fighting games, you should definitely watch the whole thing, because, like, uh, Maximilian dude actually talks about it, but he spends a whole 45 minutes, like, just talking about Terry and fighting games, like, SNK and all that stuff, like, he talks about all that stuff, he has a lot of fun, so, yeah, it's just, it was nice, I, it's nice to see a company like Nintendo and Sakurai having fun putting out something that's really cool and nice and all that jazz, so, thank you, base Sakurai. I don't know who Terry Bogart and Smash is for, like, to your point, I don't think the Smash community knows who the fuck Terry Bogart is at this point. <laughs> I don't think they do, but it's nice to see them learn. But they're not going to learn. Like I, 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 I don't know. It's maybe it's the fact that a lot of the kind of Smash news I get is through people that play lots of Smash, so it's watching them react to stuff. Where it's, I don't know who Smash is for at this point. Like if. if if competitive Smash was played kind of quotations the way Smash is supposed to be played, meaning items and that bullshit, that'd be one thing, except for the fact that, no, that's not how the hardcore Smash community plays. They're not even playing the game anymore. Like, I, I... I don't fucking know. I'm just so bored of talking about Smash to a certain extent, I think, because of the community around it. <laughs> really? I, I enjoy the, it. Sure, and I'm not saying people shouldn't, but it's one of those ones where it's the version competitive Smash plays versus the version that kind of 
comes out of the box. They're not the same fucking game. And I'm mm. so sick of hair. It's so sick. It's probably a bit of an exaggeration. I, I just don't care anymore. Where it's one of those ones where it's how do I explain this one? Like I, the Smash community has ruined what I think is a great franchise because. The people that play that thing online are fucking psychos, and they're playing very specific modes, and I, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those ones where it's the, they take the game way too fucking seriously, I guess, at this point. For a game that kind of has its legacy in being a weird, fun game, the fact that Brawl fucking hung on by its teeth for the better part of a decade, if not longer. Yeah, no, that, that game held on way longer than it fucking and that's my problem. Like, it's one of those ones where it's the idea of turn all the items off. It's like, okay, but then you get into the weird balance issues of the game. Well, then we have banned characters. Okay. I, I don't know of another, quote, fighting game with as many banned characters as Smash has. Or as many yeah, conversations about banning characters, I guess. Yeah, I don't see that fairly often with any other fighting game, to be honest with you. Like, you hear, I get where you're going with you that. hear about balance patches, like, it's... You also don't have as many kind of weird controversies with other fighting game scenes as you do with Smash. Like, I always go back to, not the most recent, but, like, two years... Like, the 2018 Evo Finals for Smash should have destroyed that thing's credibility at Evo. Just saying. Oh, is that the one where they had to do guys who were fucking off in the yeah, finals? Yeah, that's that community in my mind. Like, I, that, that was just kind of that community laid bare for the rest of us to see. Like, that's, 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 that's what the community has always been. It's the group that's in the fucking shower. It's like, it is the group that, like, all of the FGC is problematic in the hygiene department. It is especially that group. Like, it is the neckbeardiest, waifuiest group of them all. And it's like, no, fuck all of you. I get it. You're, you're making this game competitive by really imposing a set of rules and then spending all your time fucking bitching about how, like, oh, this character's banned because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. But also, you are that, you're, you're making the game into what you want at that point, not what the game is. I, and I know I'm in the minority on this one. Like, the, the, the FGC community for Smash just fucking annoys me at this point because it's always up in arms about something, and it's the one causing just a constant stream of bullshit. Like, it was my problem with the, Mar with the Marvel vs. Capcom one, too, where just it was like, why is there so much fucking drama in this one specific part of the scene? <laughs> Marvel always had a wonderful amount of fucking drama. Every and time. I get sick of that, too. Like, I, I thought, that's why I didn't like Marvel. It was like, oh, it's so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, the guy's always fucking on Twitter talking mad shit and getting everyone pissed off. Like, as the antagonist of this podcast, I get it, but also, I can sometimes back my shit up. Like, it's why mm -hmm. I like um, fucking Sonic Fox. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Sonic Fox is this fucking god tier fucking player. But yeah, but it's also one of those ones where you can, like, you can talk and walk at the same tier kind of thing. Yeah. And also, unlike a bunch of other people that talk mad shit, when he loses, he's still out on Twitter being like, I'm the second best so-and-so in the world, and I'm still gay and a furry. Like, the dude rolls with it. Think about how much fucking salt exists in Smash. Fair enough. I, 
It also always goes back to the time I was on that fucking plane and that dude got like blackout fucking drunk, smelled like shit, and it kept getting up from his fucking window seat the entire time. And then was like, yo, I play competitive Smash. I can sign some stuff where you make this okay. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Change seats with me, you drunk asshole. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's totally unfair of me to impose one person's behavior on the rest of the Smash community, except that like, that seems to be what the Smash community is all fucking about at this point. I, I mean, I really feel Charlie. I don't like Smash. I don't like the FGC community around it. I don't think it should be at Evo. And I fucking just don't care about that game anymore. <laughs> I, like, I, I get that people fucking love that franchise. And I get that people who love it. But also, like, that game's been out for, what, almost two years now? One year? Mm-hmm. Are the people that aren't hardcore into that game competitively really the ones that care about it at this point? Uh, yeah, I guess. And there's nothing wrong with that. But also, it's one of those ones where when you're making a goddamn trailer for the people that actually know all this shit, hypothetically, you d- it's not impressive, I guess, at that point to me. Like, I, I get it, Sakurai likes this shit, but like, I'm sorry, I've, been, I've been watching this in the background while we've been talking about it. Like, it's, okay, cool. Still fuck Smash. <laughs> Put Dante in the game already, then I'll fucking care. Will Dante will will Dante actually like Dante actually bring you to like oh okay. I'd be more interested in that addition than huh. Terry Bogart or Ken or Ryu. Like that's a character I'd rather see in a fighting game. Like I I can play a fighting game with Terry Bogart in it quite easily. I can't play a fighting game with Dante in it all that easily. I guess I can. He's in Devil May Cry 3. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about fighting game characters in Smash. Like, it's like, okay, cool. You're in a less mechanically interesting game. Cool. I don't know. I'm probably coming off as an asshole as part of this. I want fun characters. I think of Terry Bogart as a, okay, cool. Was anyone demanding this? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I. It, like, Joker in Smash, that was kind of a fun, like, oh shit, Persona character in Smash. Didn't see that one coming. We got Terry Bogart. Okay. Off-brand Ryu, or sorry, off-brand Ken, my bad. I think Sakurai's personally having fun with it. That's fine. You asked if I cared about this. I don't. It falls into my general kind of disdain for Smash at this point. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, we made this big deal out of this thing. Okay, cool, what's the big deal? Terry Bogart's in Smash. Okay, what's the big deal? It's Terry, Terry fucking Bogart. Bo- Terry fucking Bogart, dude. I- why do you hate? Why do you hate fighting games? I can put Goku in Smash, and I'll be impressed. That's a big fucking deal. <laughs> they put Ultra Instinct Goku in any fucking Goku in Smash, and I'll be like, that's a big deal. That one probably took a lot of business to get done. Terry fucking Bogart. How often are we talking about King of Fighters as this like? Hot, hot IP right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I bet that what SNK owns that's like fucking like you want to put Terry Bogart in this game? Fucking yeah! What do we have to do to make this happen? How throaty do we need to get with our dick sucking? Put a hard to get character in the game. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Or something actually obscure. Then I'll be impressed and excited about it. Like fucking Joker and Banjo Kazooie. Those were cool. I'm like, yeah, the business behind those two characters. 
was probably ridiculous. We got Terry Bogart. Eh. Eh. We got Hero from the uh, uh, Monster Hunter, uh, Monster uh, other games. Okay. We don't have Monster Hunter. That kind of sucks. Be cool if you did. That would have been interesting. It's a support character. That makes it shittier. Waluigi is not in Smash. Why? I don't know. I, I feel as though there are probably characters people would care about more than Terry Bogart that are already, like, in Smash as fucking support characters that I'd be more interested in seeing come in as real characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my anti bucket, whatever. Smash rant for the decade. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> this is not good the way I thought it was going to go. I, I didn't realize you'd be so upset about Smash. I, 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 I do not enjoy talking about Smash anymore. Like, it is. And, and, most, and maybe mostly it's been like people like, oh, you should care about this. And I'm like, don't play Smash. Don't particularly care about King of Fighters. Really don't care about this. Oh, but it's a big deal. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to be playing my weird Postman game. That game's bad. Why do you say that? Because it is. Uh, eh. Next fighter pack, the postman from Death Training is in Smash. You, you, put, you fucking put Sam Bridges Porter in that and you will have my goddamn attention. <laughs> you put something that weird in that game and I'll be like, okay, where are we going with this? What are his mechanics? Yeah. He just fucking walks you to death? Okay. Blood grenades? Okay. Yeah, I, I immediately went to Blood Grenades. That was my first thought. Like, this is going to throw a bunch of grenades. He could be a good Solid Snake one. Which would be super fitting, too, because those are two characters done by him. Yeah. Oh, Sakurai, get on it, bro. Make it a skin, at least, or something. <laughs> yeah, no. I. It's also driven by the fact that I think Smash Ultimate's kind of a rotten game, but that's a separate topic. Mm-hmm. I think the story mode for that game is fucking horseshit. I think the unlocking system for that game was fucking horseshit. I, moving on. We need to move on from this. I, I, yeah. I can keep being mad about this indefinitely. <laughs> uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 launched super broken on PC and still is super broken on PC. Yeah. Uh, people seem surprised by this. <laughs> Alright. The modders will come in and fix everything. That's what they do on I fix think the problems of publishers. Rockstar will fix this eventually too. I so what, what I always go back to is I remember what Grand Theft Auto 4 on the PC was like at launch. And that was a fucking hellscape. Mm-hmm. I, like this sounds far more playable than I remember that one being, but that's not necessarily for good or for bad kind of thing. I also enjoy the fact that you can't max out graphics setting with existing current technology for Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that's the part that, like, that's kind of crazy. It's currently, you, yeah, you can't max it out. Speaking of Red Dead, really quick, just to throw it out there, Mandy finally beat the campaign a little bit, and she's pretty fucking salty about it. I Remember my feelings about that game at the end? I, I don't remember 100%, but fill me in again on that. I thought that game could have been at least one chapter way fucking shorter. Oh, okay. I think she's just mad she lost all her stuff. That I also didn't wasn't a huge fan of either, but Is it permanently lost or you get it? Oh back? yeah, it's you you can get a bunch of it back, but it's 
your horse is dead. Your gear is more or less gone. Like, you can replenish it relatively quickly, though. Okay. I'll let her know. <laughs> you look pretty fucking salty about it, though, when it happened. Oh, no! The, the... There are plenty of reasons to be salty. Like, what happens after that game, the two epilogues aren't great. Mm-hmm. They are interesting. I have not completed both of them, because I'm just like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll see if she finishes them. I haven't checked yet. No. Oh, no. Next. Um, I guess since we were talking about Death Stranding earlier. Yeah, I, it's this is not big news because it's been kind of circulating, but it will be coming to Steam and Epic Games Store simultaneously sometime in the near future. No exact date just yet, but there was... Uh, you, you may remember back when uh, Kojima first announced that he was doing a new game. He's like, it's coming to PC! And then Sony was like, yo, we're funding a shit ton of this. Well, it's coming to PC. Still. Yeah. Well, well, Being we'll published we'll by see. 505 Games. We shall see how it goes. Yeah. Pre-order if you want it kind of thing. I, I, I am genuinely curious what the mod community around this game is going to be like, because I could imagine it being... Oh, it's going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah, I... I expect nothing but hilarity. Yeah, I'm expecting Gumby as a model or something in there. Like it would fit. Yeah. Do the do the BTs make noises? Oh yeah, game? they make noises. So they'll just replace them with a Macho Man Randy Savage sound pack, like they did with Skyrim for the dragons. So things like that will make me very very. Yeah. <laughs> as they probably should in this case. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, last but not least, this week's kind of a weird, maybe controversial is the wrong phrase, but it's not quite as cut and dry as one news article kind of thing. I uh, Recently, uh, Jarvish Khatri, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, uh, uh, creator of the, uh, a content creator for the esports organization FaZe Clan, got banned, for, uh, got a lifetime ban from Fortnite after releasing videos where he's using an aimbot. Um, it wasn't, uh, this gets a little weird, because it wasn't like he was pretending not to use, I think he was showing off, like, aimbots and shit like that, but that is in violation of terms of service and all that jazz. And this has led to kind of a weird conversation about should lifetime bans be allowed, and also on top of that, should lifetime bans for content creators like YouTubers that make their money off of games like this be allowed, because you're essentially taking away that person's income. I personally absolutely, like, doubly so, maybe, but... Yeah, I would double down on that and just flat out be like, you broke the rules, those are the rules you agreed to. Maybe don't fucking do that. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I feel absolutely no fucking remorse. No, and I think it's... This has been kind of an interesting week. We've had more people leaving Twitch to go to other alternative platforms. I think the reality of what it means to be a streamer is changing slowly in new and interesting ways, if you will, and I... How do I put this? If I go to work and do something to violate whatever contracts I have to sign to make work work, I probably get fired. The idea that, like, oh, I did this thing and made it very public that I was doing this thing and then got caught for it and then got banned from the thing I used to make that thing, but I shouldn't I shouldn't be allowed to be because that's how I make my money. That's some bullshit. Yeah. I, 
no remorse. Sorry. But the fact that there's, like, people trying to rally around it and all that jazz, it's like, no. Like, he broke the rules, which explicitly state, if you do this, you will get banned. Lifetime banned that. Like, yeah. No fucking remorse. <sighs> I also said more controversy on that out of you, but, yeah. No, I, I'm very much in the thing of, like, you broke the rules, sorry, you fucked up. It's like, if you're a truck driver, and you go drunk driving, you obviously broke the rules, you shouldn't be allowed to be a fucking truck driver or have a license to drive again. Like, sorry, I'm not gonna be like, well, you know, that's his livelihood. He, he shouldn't take away his license and his job, because, you know, he had one night of drunk driving. No, you fucked up. Yeah, the, and I know that context is a little out there, but, like, it's, yeah, yeah. You're not getting a lot out of me on that one, other than, like, you fucked up. Yeah. No, no shit, they the game for you to play. And you've got Ninja trying to throw his weight around where it's like, no, he's a content creator, it's fine. Oh, fuck you. No, no there's, there's not exceptions to the fucking rule. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, maybe we should just give this person a pass because they're an Instagram influencer. <laughs> That's what I'd like you to do. Ah, <sighs> fuck all. Indeed. That being said, don't forget to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy all those benefits, damn it! What benefits? <laughs> exactly. Well, that does it for news this week. Well, because Henry is once again out, we are holding on to the few news as we have till he gets back. So, sorry about that again. I assume both of y'all would be here this week. Yeah. No. I. Uh, like. I. It's actually kind of. Funny. I was. Getting ready to get on. Well, not getting ready to get on, but, like, I got off at 8. And I was like, oh, I fucking need to lay down for a bit. And then I'll wake up and do the podcast. I set an alarm. And I just slept through that shit. Oh, yeah, no. When you're that tired, there's nothing you can do. Like, it's... You made the choice to go to sleep. You're not waking up anytime soon kind of thing. You're sleeping the sleep of the almost dead. Like, there's no confusion. Where I'm like, we'll give him a half hour to respond. If not, I'm assuming he's asleep. Yeah. So, sorry, I should have said. Nah, it's fine. I wasn't planning on not being here. <laughs> yeah, but I'm here now, and I barely delivered. This bang wasn't all it lived up to. <laughs> a little tired or something? That's bad. It's not filling you with energy? No, not the way I expected. Why did you pick this out of curiosity? Pick what? The bang energy drink. They're on sale. That's actually the most respectable decision I've heard on this topic. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't get it, but hey, they were on... Fair. No, fair. I, I think that does it for this week. Um, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here, Alex? Um, yeah. Go ahead and follow me on my social medias. If you occasionally post dumb shit, like replying to emails Bethesda sent me, where I laugh at them. Uh, so... Things like that. You like the holidays are coming up soon, and I have a coworker or a former coworker that I used to spam Felice Navidatu every year. So I had to. Well, you out can't new do that ways. anymore. No, but I'll find a new and creative way to do it from all the way up here somehow. I, I can I'm track down some telegram companies for you if you want. I, yes, that would be helpful. I was also planning on seeing if I can hire Mariachi and coordinate it with one of my coworkers, my old coworkers down there, let them into the to the room. Probably. So. Look forward to updates on this Chronicle. Yes. I, I want to figure out how to do something this year. I didn't really get to do much last year. I did a few. 
You were like mid moving last year too, still some. Well, I was already moved up here by then. You're still I'd... settling in, sorry, yeah. Yeah, uh Mave Online across the board. Uh maybe I'll finally get around to streaming again. I've been yeah. really lazy about streaming recently, but if I do, you'll see updates on my Twitter, Insta, uh Facebook, Mave Online for all of them. Progress is being made in my garage, so there's a chance we may have something up before the end of the new year. Uh, a Christmas from Hell stream might return this year. Probably not, but yeah. anything's possible. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the updates on that. Yeah. I moved a bunch of boxes around and threw some stuff out. Mm-hmm. That's the update from this week. Oh shit, you missed all the talk about the weird black magic inter- Ethernet technology last week. What? I am doing uh, my Ethernet over power cables. It's a nightmare. Oh, e- yeah. Uh, power line adapters, right? Yeah. Yeah, I use those for my house when I live back in, uh, in LA. They're fucking great, dude. If you have a good power grid, they're fucking great. I do not. Ah, therein lies the issue. I... Yeah, well, they power shouldn't adapters work. They're not a nightmare. Are... They just shouldn't work by all measures. <laughs> they're fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it. I actually recommend that to people over Wi-Fi, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of in that boat now, too. I I was talking to someone, they're like, yeah, we have to run this ridiculous HDMI cable, and I'm like, I'm not sure if it'll work, but, like, could you do Ethernet over power for this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's cool. But enough about that. Yes, we'll be back next week. Off is another podcast. Hopefully all three of us will be here so we can do the emails. Um, But, yeah. You want to take us out yeah. this week, Alec? Yeah! Give them back.